This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ron Giva. He's a serial entrepreneur with over two decades of hands-on experience in software development and leadership positions. After fan- founding Omgili, a search engine for online online discussions and co-founding Bazilla, one of the top web monitoring and analytics companies in Israel, he went on to co-found webhose.io, his current project. It's a leader, leading global provider of structured web data where he serves as CEO and lead technologist. Ron, are you ready to take us to the top? Yep, of All course. Right. All right. Tell us about Webhose. What do you guys do and, and how do you make money? Well, we sell data feeds. We turn the web into machine readable data feeds and uh, either individuals or companies tap into this data um, to feed their analytics applications. So it could be from brand monitoring, PR applications to cybersecurity, financial applications, anything. We're basically leveling the playing ground, letting anyone have access to um, data from the web. Interesting. And what's the revenue model? Is it per API call or is it a pure play SaaS? What's the revenue? It's a SaaS or data service, uh, subscription based. You can go ahead and uh, it's a freemium model. Basically, anyone can sign up for free, get access up to 1000 API calls for free. And then you can upgrade, downgrade, cancel any time. We don't shackle you into long term to contracts because if you see value, you will keep on using us. That's what we saw. And that's how we go. Um, so we have private users, developers, and we have enterprises using our software. And give me a general sense, because I know you have, I mean, you have multiple kind of uh, uh, pricing levers on your monthly subscription plans, ranging from news blogs and reviews to e-commerce product data to broadcast media transcripts. So do people have to choose what kind of data they want? And then basically, if they want multiple forms, move those levers up in each category? Exactly. Yeah. So they can start very small and scale up down very elastically elastically we we basically we we see uh us doing today web data or data provisioning what amazon to do did to server hosting so you can go ahead and, and and scale very fast and low as you need you don't have to go ahead and buy a big plan uh up front interesting so to avoid going down kind of every customer cohort just quickly give me an average customer are we talking a grand a month 10 grand a month a million a month generally speaking where are you at well, API usage or pay or money, uh, revenue. Revenue per customer per month on average. So the average would be between 1,000 to three, but we have enterprises that pay under tens of thousands per month. Yep. And we have, and it, really, it doesn't really depend on the company. We have startups that are paying a lot and we have enterprises that are paying us $50, it's really depending on the use case. Um, and for the small, you know, for the small clients, it's a self onboarding process. We don't have to invest anything in, in support or customer success. We have, of course, support uh, customer success, but we have tens of thousands of users. Not all of them are paying. A lot of them are freemium, but um, but we d- we don't have to invest a lot of uh, in customer success and support because it's a very very simple 
um, system to, to so what's integrate. your what's your team size today? Oh, we're about twenty. Okay, and none of those people are dedicated to sales or, or onboarding. No, we have two salespeople. We have two sales support people. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, give me more of the backstory here. You've had success, obviously, in the space. What year did you launch Webhose? So Webhose is kind of a long story because we started. You mentioned in the beginning. I started back in 07, even before that. I was self-employed, developing all sort of P2P software. And What's then P2P I platform? Ahead, platform? Yeah, no, P2P is file sharing applications. And, and they were quite successful, but I didn't see a real career, career going you know, forward with it. So then I went ahead and, and thought about maybe I create something for businesses. And all those applications had message boards on them uh, where people chatted. And I thought to myself, well, people are speaking and talking. Companies might be interested in knowing what people are saying about it, about them. So I went ahead and created kind of a the first challenge was to create a system that will gather this information. That was the first basic uh, technology. Didn't know what to do it with it, so I created Omgili, um, B2C search engine, basically, and I got some traction, got a VC calling me. I didn't know what to do with that. I didn't know even what, what a VC was even. Um, eventually, a nice VC from Israel uh, um, was interested to, to invest uh, seed funding of about $600,000, um, but no one else in Israel believed in the you know, in brand monitoring market uh, actually, never. No, no v- Israeli VC ever invested in this field. So, um, so what happened to that company? Did you just shut it down, or you sold it for a nice price, or what? So, so I found another company that we together decided to go ahead and build Bazila, and eventually that company called Bazila acquired Omgili. Got it. And kind of was too late to go to the international market, so we succeeded in the, in the Israeli market, but failed going global. And the last application, last project that we tried to before webos that we tried to launch was an application called PR Tracky that was supposed to track well, hold PR on. What, ha- what happened with Bazilla? So did you shut that down or get a soft no, landing it's or working. what? It's doing very well in Israel, but but we tried to go global and failed um, all the time. Well, so who's running that now? How did you remove yourself as CEO and keep it going? Uh, we have we were multiple founders, so one of the founders stayed and and, and kept on running and keep on keeps on running uh, Bazilla. And how much so comp- how much off. money has that company raised? Oh well, about one point five million, okay. something like that. So you left because yeah. you didn't think it was the future. You knew your other founders would do a great job with it, and you did yeah. what? So um, I started. So we started developing another application, and the reason it failed was because it was supposed to track PR online. And the main issue was companies told told us that they couldn't find or found um, mentions via Google, not via application via PR track it. And when I tried to find a solution that will help us increase the coverage, I failed. You know, the all Google is a closed garden in that sense. They are they are excellent for humans, but for machines that want to tap into their index, there's no way. So that's where we set our uh, the focus to go ahead and create a, basically a, a repository database that will open the closed garden that Google has and provide this access to anyone. Um, that's where we set to create webhose and start with news, blogs, message boards. But then, And, and what year was that? Um, so about 2003. 15, something okay. like that, yeah. 2015. So and, spin-off. and what have you scaled to today in terms of total customers? So we have hundreds of customers, paying customers now. Okay. Um, long tail, most of them, and small customers. So about so all, most of customers are small, between fifty to $2,000 a month. Yep. Um, but we have some 
few dozens and of enterprises that are about thirty, about seventy percent of the income are enterprise. Yep. Um, well, when you say hundreds, I mean, are we talking three hundred or a thousand, yeah, like nine hundred? Uh, yeah, about about three hundred, three hundred fifty paying okay. customers. And what are you um, what are you growing the company at right now, year over year? Would you say like a hundred percent, fifty percent, ten percent? Yes. So between uh, two thousand sixteen two thousand seventeen, it was one hundred percent. But it's easier when you have low, low lower income. Yeah. Uh, now we expect to grow about seventy percent. Uh, we are really accelerating as we are providing more data feeds. For example, we recently launched a dark web data feed and we see a lot of cybersecurity interest. So we see a lot of cybersecurity companies that where the money is bigger there. Um, and we see more and more brands tapping into this data. So if on the brand monitoring, you had marketing departments using our customers, more and more brands, since they're hiring um, internal um, data scientists, they want access to the data. So they come straight to us and not necessarily through our clients. So for marketing department, it's excellent. But for data scientists, they need the data. Ron, going back real quick to growth. So 100% year over year the past 12 months, ideally 70% over the next 12 months here through 2018. Give us a sense of where you're at today in terms of MRR. Uh, MRR about about $260,000. Okay. Yep. And that's about right. That, you know, if I take, you know, 300 customers times a $900 a month price point, you get about 260 or somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then since you grew 100% year over year over the past 12 months, that means back in December of 2016, you were doing what, somewhere around 130 grand? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Like that, yeah. Interesting. And what's driving most of this growth? Where are you getting these customers from? So it's organic. We actually, we're now increasing our sales team because we're not doing outbound. I really don't want to do outbound, but most of the, our, our leads are coming inbound. So from AdWords, but also organic or from our clients, because of the method of the freemium model, you have a grassroots approach. You are the go, we are, where is the go-to place when you need content or web data. Um, so developers are talking about us and projects are being published using our data. So providing a freemium solution is also a great marketing approach. You mentioned some ad spend. Give me a general sense of how much you're spending per month on, on direct paid. Uh, $4,000, okay. not a lot. So very little. Now, yeah. in, in that paid channel, on average, what are you spending on, on CAC to acquire these guys? Uh, that's a good question. I have no answer for you. We just are installing now a BI system to help out with the numbers that you are requesting. Uh, which we, which you know, system did you did you install out of curiosity? Uh, that's not my, 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 I think a Microsoft BI, if okay. I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah. interesting. But, but my, so, so, you, so right now you don't really know what your CAC is. No, no, okay. but it's it's very low because we we don't rely on on AdWords to really to get our customers. It's mostly organic, so we, it's mostly content. Yeah, uh, and of course, grassroots. How many of your team at twenty are focused on creating content? Um, two actually, and okay. two when we are now using external uh, companies as well to use our data to write about it, and we have we see a lot of developers writing about us. So that's sorry, what, well. what tool do you use to get other people to write about your data? Not say we just provide this data. So oh. people are, you know, using the data, the data and, and, and writing about how they do what. Yep. And writing blog posts. Churn in a SaaS company is obviously critical. Tell me about your churn. So again, that's a hard number to, to uh, test that we didn't really test until recently. Uh, I can tell you that on the enterprise part, so the, the higher... The amount they pay, we see near zero churn. We have clients, I told you, we started back in 07 with providing this data. So we, we have clients going back in 07. We never lost an enterprise client un, uh, um, unless he 
went out of business. Uh, and of course, on the lower plans, the, the freemiums, the $50 plans, we see much higher churn. Um, yeah, I hey, don't have Ron, so you, you're giving me logo churn, obviously, right? Which is, you know, hey, a lot, a high number of small customers will churn. We don't really care about that because we don't have any churn in our in our higher markets. So that's why most people like to talk about revenue churn instead. It normalizes that that difference. What are you at in terms of revenue churn? I don't have a number to give you. Sorry. How do you not? How do you not know that number? That's like a critical number in a SaaS company. When you are VC back, it is, but we are not. Even when you're so, bootstrapped, I mean, how do you know if you have a leaky bucket or not? Well, we do have, but it's on the small numbers. I told you, like less, really less than what? Oh, less than five percent, probably. Yeah. Annual, annually. Yeah. Okay, and that's gross churn or net? So when you add back your expansion revenue year over year, that's it. it, it that would be so net. that's net. That's okay. it. I told you that's, the, that's on the, healthy. On the, on the number. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's healthy. So 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 net revenue churn annually less than five percent. That's healthy. Now, what you know, as you grow and you try and drive seventy percent year over year, would you say more of your revenue or more of your expansion opportunity is coming from getting people to move those little levers on your pricing page up, driving expansion revenue, or actually bringing on brand new customers? Bring brand new customers. Uh, upsell. You know, it happens. We don't put any effort on upselling currently, at least we will in the future, but currently I want to more of a expand my, my, my market reach and not necessarily, um, you know, optimizing our current uh, clients. That's, that's the easy way to go, but uh, I'd rather have bigger uh, market um, to, to stand on. That's interesting. That's an interesting approach considering how nicely your pricing plans would allow a sales team to drive expansion revenue. It's just getting them more usage. It's nice, but it really depends on, you know, on, on the use case, on the demand of the client. You know, I won't, pu- I won't push a client to go ahead and increase its usage if it doesn't have a use case. If it grows, it grows, we will grow with him. Because, it's, you know, it's, I always believe that oh, that's why we, you can cancel any time. That's why you can downgrade in time. I really believe that uh, we shouldn't shackle for long term because even if, if, if someone is, is, for some reason, stopped using our service, I don't want his money. Yeah, Ron, just to be clear, I'm not talking about locking people in. What I'm talking about is if people are getting value out of your product, they should mm-hmm. ideally use it more and it should drive expansion revenue. And what you're saying is, no, we're not focused on expansion right now. We're focused on getting new market share. But because we, we are providing an API, the more clients they have, the more API calls they will need. So they basically are working for us in a sense. The more successful they are, the more API calls they will need they will upgrade organically their plans. I don't need to push them to do that. That's that, that's not necessarily. I'd rather have a new client or focus my off efforts to add new clients. So you don't have an infrastructure like, you know, the, all the guys that are in the kind of web plumbing space. And I mean, like, you know, that's, you know, Zapier, Segment, these guys. It's the same model as yours in terms of billing per API called data as a service. Mm-hmm. And they can, they I mean, Wade showed me, they can drive more API calls by helping their partners, their customers launch more integrations. You're saying you you can't do that same thing. You can't drive more more useful usage. No, because it's, it's it's usually plugged into a specific use case. So the more sometimes you know they won't use the API correctly, and we will help them with that. But the focus now is adding more clients rather than trying to optimize the current clients we have. Got it. And you said you're bootstrapped, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last question here: As you think about scaling, and and I imagine your your cash flow positive, right? Since you're bootstrapped. Yep. How do you think about lifetime value on these guys? I mean, they can be a dangerous number and it's hard to come up with, but do you have a minimum that you know they're going to stay with you for at least X amount of years and be worth X amount of money? Well, I can tell you this for the enterprise or uh, 
clients that are above $1,000 a month, um, above one year, that's for sure. Um, that's, that's a good, very good estimation. We've, you know, I've been, so that'd be an LTV of about 12 grand at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that's for the higher above $1,000 plans that it means that they have a, they have a mature, uh, platform. And, you know, since we are an API, we are in the back end, and no human is, is, is intervening. So it's not like you have a system that a SaaS system that the guy finds out one day that it stopped using the system and then it cancels. Sure. As long as we're doing a good job, we, we will stay with them. And Ron is a whole team based out there in Israel. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's the last business book you read? Uh, I don't read books. Okay. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying there in Israel? Um, Orofil. Uh, sorry, spell it. Similar web. Orofil. Similar, oh, similar web. web. Yep, yep. Number three, uh, is there a favorite online tool you have for building your business besides your own? For building my business, um, I'm using Google Analytics. You know. And that helps me. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Uh, too little, but that, that's because of my kids, six, seven, S- six hours. And how many kids? Three. And are you married? Yeah. Okay. And how old are you on? 41, 41. Last question. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? My 20, 20 years old. Uh, new. Uh, failing is part of the success. Failing is part of the success. There you guys have it. He has been through it many times with his first company, he then rolled up into his second company, and then he had great founders there. So he left that company. He's now building webhose.io, an API-backed pricing model. It's essentially data as a service. Launched it officially in 2015, working on, with it, on it with a team of 20 out there in Israel. They're bootstrapped, serving about 300 customers, 250 to 300, paying on average called a grand per month. So they're doing about 260 grand per month in revenue. That's up from 130 grand per month just 13 months ago. So 100% year-over-year growth. He's aiming for 70 percent year over year growth this year and look he's on track to do it with these unit economics less than five percent net revenue churn annually ron we're rooting for you thank you for taking us to the top thank you nathan